0: You're listening to the sensual sounds of boom, 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 and whooping cough.
1: Coming to you from an apartment we pretend to co-own and a puppet who was Morsi's first Twitter follower. And welcome to the extra spicy hot dog. The graveyard of lost toaster dance. The
0: moral obligation. The, the they, they Them Podcast.
1: Oh. Uh, we can keep writing But uh, Morrissey tweeted something like It was hard to get up this morning <laughs> 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 Fucking bitch for everybody. Yeah but that was That was the first tweet And then the second tw- Oh As soon as Morrissey Was on Twitter No tweets yet And had very little followers I was there Like I, I heard it through the grapevine And I was like Fucking <laughs> Go into Morrissey <laughs> A follow and and then his second tweet was just a list of cities, capital like in all caps, and that was it. Like not saying that we're going on tour there, which is what I assume. But it was just like, DC, Houston, Austin. Not even like different paragraphs. Just no, like just a listing. line of uh, like three lines of okay, fucker cities. I'm gonna go sing for you. But minute.
0: one song. People it, I under... Am here, man, I am human and rich. To just like everybody
1: else does. does he he has more about, than those songs. Something About Me is Murder. Yeah. Yeah. He sings all the Smith songs. I have the quiff.
0: <laughs> then you can stare at me.
1: He sings those. Um, he's coming out with a new album which uh, in the title is high school, and I'm like, oh my god, please don't make a high school album when you're like 60-something. Like, Morrissey, you have no idea what high school's about anymore. Teenage just get shit. Intro segue to this episode. <laughs> anyway, the little announcement that I had was, uh, I think it's, this is gonna come, like, this episode's gonna be uploaded very far into the future, but it's important to realize that today is September 19th, and both Mexico and Puerto Rico are not in great states right now, as far as uh, Mexico was hit by a very big earthquake uh, earlier today, and Puerto Rico is on the precipice of getting hit uh, by a huge hurricane, so because they're pretty much our like homelands, I think it's important to to take a moment and and say that our our thoughts are to both places and that we hope the best for everyone there and the safety of everyone. So yeah. it's
0: yeah. Especially because the area like the area that got hit mostly in Mexico is kind of a like for more indigenous area, yeah. and so it gets forgotten a lot, yeah, <laughs> because we're still racist and we don't want to admit it.
1: And the uh, death count has gone up to 129 or something already, damn! So, um, yeah, yeah, and I'm not surprised at all. Because and I was looking don't for anything, but I, I was looking at articles for uh, Hurricane Maria, <laughs> and most of them started w- with the headline. Says evacuate or die, says Puerto Rican government to Puerto Rican people, and I, I'm like, that's that's a little intense. Like, <sighs> but,
0: but everything sounds more dramatic. Yeah, gross. I
1: don't I don't mean to laugh about like the seriousness yeah. of the situation, but it, it's I'm I'm hoping that things are not as serious as uh, as they seem. Um, especially because I still have family there, and stuff, and we already made it through one pretty big hurricane this season. Let's just hope and see how this this next one goes, so. So my wonderful Twitter generated something quite beautiful, which is the
0: sentiment, no, like, I, I tweeted as I was, like, driving, don't do this, children, that's stupid of me, I was bored, um... And I just, like... I think I was listening to, like, Horror Events or, like, Paramore or, like, something like that. Of and, like, course. Something really, like, 2080. And, like... I don't know. I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm finally beginning to do teenager, right? And I, like, tweeted that. And I got, like, this huge response I mean, two people, from, like, our queer theory class. Yeah. About, like... Like, yeah, no. Queer people, like, kind of... Like, we're just now becoming teenagers and becoming uh-huh. comfortable with who we are, which is why we tend to be a little bit more, like, punk and, like...
1: Experimental. How, but, but,
0: like, it's it's a really interesting thought that we're kind of, like, just coming into our own. And when people have, like, already gone through these phases and, like, like have settled into, like, normal adults or whatever. Like, uh-huh. it's, like, we are just a setting that, like, I don't know, like, sex pistols and, like, dyeing your <laughs> hair magenta and, like... Yeah. And, yeah, like... We know.
1: finally are getting the, the type of freedom which allows for us to, to rebel yeah. in that sense. Yeah, so. and,
0: and the type of, like, liking ourselves and feeling confident enough in ourselves to do s- things that are
1: slightly more Um It doesn't even have to be delinquenty. No, Like, no, 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 I, no, like no, I'm, I'm is like... hardly even a law. So. Es- especially, I don't know, against the norm. Like, things yeah. that, that are usually uh, heteronormative or cis normative and going against that, brain, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, no. Um, I think it's especially telling that, like, as far as literature is concerned, a big area where um, LGBTQ plus literature is expanding is YA. Yeah, and I've got a feeling that like a lot of the people who read them are young adults, but also just like young adults, like twenty to twenty five year olds who are just like mm-hmm. wanting to have a childhood where (laughs) they were in charge of the thing. Well,
1: also like, thinking of younger readers in the sense of uh, they are most likely going through, depending on where they're from, like, uh, maybe a a, a possible similar situation as the author or us in our 20s, and they can... Kind of read and experience these things much earlier and understand like oh being queer is okay being queer may may seem weird to the people around me but there's a place where it's safe mm-hmm. and uh like that's one thing that i i think queer ya needs to do and i think it does do it well but at least from the examples that we had to read for our queer theory class, like there were a lot of problematic, uh, kind of elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because I am thinking of uh, the the one about a Puerto Rican guy. Yeah, like so. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The that's p-
0: person wakes up, getting hard, and is like, "Hola, papito." Like, yeah. like oh, <laughs> it's like, ew. It's <sighs> like, see. As a human being mm-hmm. To the person who says Hola papito To the erect like, penis I'm like You go Like uh-huh. you, you like your penis Good for you I wish that I could be that confident Just like wake up and be like Oh my god I have a heart on This is wonderful <laughs> Like I'm A blessing from the gods A blessing from the gods Every boner is a blessing But like I <laughs> uh, Like I I don't know if that's dysphoria Or just like Like generally like I think internalized it's sexual shame I
1: think it's also it it might be a little bit internalized sexual shame but I think it's also this the way that they were kind of presenting this gay guy was problematic in the sense of like he sees his sexuality as being purely that almost like purely sexual and kind of in a conquering sense and yeah Like I've We've never read this book But from the little no. bit that, that we had to read, read, read In this years. article That's not true From the little bit That we had to read For this article Like That's kind of The picture painted Yeah So
0: And mm, There's so much Of a problem Of representation Where like Like Latinx Men especially And women Honestly Super sexualized Yeah Super fucking sexualized All the time and it's just like okay, cool. Like also, like I like I want to know who calls their penis papito. Like I I feel like at this point with all my grindering, I have met people who would call their penis papito. Yeah, but I'm not that kind of human, and it kind of makes me sick inside. And I don't know why it makes me sick sick inside. Really, it might just be a like I, I don't know. I, I, like I can't think that way. I can't do like daddy yeah. play. I can't do like mm-hmm. like the the feeling of uh, like yeah, you want this dick like. I, I can't do that I just Like I, yeah. I need a certain amount Of like self deprecation And like feeling awful About myself Which is kind of A white thing to say But like
1: That's also your brand Yeah So <laughs> Like I pretend That I'm confident But absolutely not Dang. When we first Read that thing though I loved it Because It's so cringeworthy Yeah Of the idea Of the first lines In this book Are this guy Waking up to a boner and being like hola papito like I'm here the party's gonna start and like and the the author was not afraid to start like with morning yeah and w- kind of grossness balls to the wall type type writing balls so. in the glory hole <laughs> being sucked off by some
0: creepy old dude who paid three bucks to get in there's a place like
1: that apparently here Anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> told me about Oh, oh f- fuck. Of course. <laughs> no. That's where he goes.
0: I'm not going to <laughs> pay three bucks to get sucked
1: off. I can do it for free. <laughs> He's waiting there for you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> there, there's also, like, other representations of um, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Like this idea of this character, which and you could almost classify as asexual and then being pushed by his parents to be like, oh, you actually love this dude, and then ending up in a relationship with this guy who he seems to have, like, some connection to, like, some actual, like, feeling for, but, but the problematic area being that, like, it, it's not really... A decision or a realization that he comes to himself, and that that's kind of weird. Uh, and I think it's important for for queer YA to be very inclusive and be and a lot of things that I think are kind of looked over are asexual people and bi people. So. Yeah, Both of sure. those representations Are kind of Forgotten and It's it's not to say that like A book has to be purely About someone being asexual But a character can be asexual mm-hmm. And not have Like And yeah and not Have it be the main part of their Yeah it's just existence. part of their personality Yeah
0: but see Problematic representation is one thing It, it, it is kind of like super awful and definitely skews your perspective what the world is actually like or what it could be but at the same time I wish that as a teenager that I could have had books where I could have had like LGBTQ content and not have it be that big of a deal Mm -hmm. because I remember that we had this one book that was like there's a gay story in here somewhere and I remember looking for it like crazy and I couldn't find it and I was so pissed because I wanted something like it just like anything that I could read that's fucking queer as fucking... Like, now I realize that, like, I'm, like... I'll judge people for re- reading, like, stupid Harley Quinn novels, but, like, I would read the exact same thing if it was, like, a, like, lesbian romance, or, like, some sort of queer... And there is thing. that stuff Yeah, out and there, there is, so. and I would totally read it. Um, and it's part like it's weird that I would relate to a re- lesbian romance because I'm not really like I am not a lesbian at all um, and but 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 there's a sort of camaraderie and a sort of like freedom just being like oh good like finally we don't have to like watch this fucking heteronormative bullshit, like mm. all the time but anyway it's nice to have representation
1: I'm it should try- be better I'm trying to remember. When I was a kid, like, any type of media, books, or anything that had queer characters that I gravitated towards.
0: Do you remember, like, your first, like, experience with, like, queerness in general? I'm
1: trying to think about that. I'm trying to figure it out. See, the thing is that I feel like I didn't have any
0: experience with queerness outside of the Bible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, my first encounters with it were in the Bible of just, like, a man shall not fuck a man unless he wants to go to hell. Like, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, wow, men fuck men. And I was just like...
1: That's I, I interesting. <laughs> I
0: remember that I like... Like, I told dad about it and he was like, oh yeah, that's an abomination. Because dad is British and not Mexican. <laughs> 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 I can't do my dad's accent. I don't know why. Really? I try so that's hard to do my dad's accent. And I can't do I it. I
1: can't anything. do my mom's a-
0: accent, so... It's more complex than like the like straight... Like, the like straight up just like Mexican accent. I'm just like... <laughs> It'll always be Spanish. Uh, but like... I, <laughs> I don't know. But I I do remember reading that and just being like, whoa, whoa. I mean, like, what is that a possibility? How does that even happen? And I remember talking to Dad about it, and he was like, it's wrong. And then, like... I and That's where the buck stops. So yeah. the Bible
1: is the thing that made me gay. I, I don't think it was, like, the Bible for me. Because, like, I honestly didn't know about the whole gay people not being okay with the bible like until I was I don't know in fifth or sixth grade like that was a I I didn't know that that wasn't an okay thing to do uh because in second grade in second grade I had a tutor that would help me with uh my homework and stuff because I was still trying to learn English and her boyfriend, then fiancé, I think, and then husband and such. Uh, the evolution of relationships. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I couldn't remember where they were when when uh, I like met both of them. But her fiancé was a temporary counselor for our school, for our Catholic school. And I remember telling him, that I w- was interested in this guy. And you know this guy. Uh, <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, we'll bleep it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, w- I was like, I'm, I'm, I like this guy. And I've liked guys before then, but I hadn't really told an adult until I told him. And he was like, oh, that's a totally okay thing. And don't let anyone ever tell you that it's not okay. And like I was that's like so nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is great. Ah. <laughs> like he was super supportive and he was just like, You might want to be careful who you tell, especially at school, and I was like, Okay, that's fine and then I just went on about my merry day. This fucking and angel. Yeah, like, yeah. He yeah. he was awesome person i actually read a couple verses or something for their wedding like i went to their wedding and it was adorable whatever um but yeah like i that that might have been the first time i actually had a conversation with someone about like being queer um i i think all of my real early memories with queer identity are personal memories and not so much things that i saw things because like yeah i don't remember I much that. media that that represented queer or, or queer people in any sense yeah and so
0: i definitely agree a lot of my memories are like personal memories where i like yeah. would realize that like this friend showed up and he was wearing all black and i'd just be like ah i can't stop staring at you yeah but like i yeah we, I,
1: or just having weird obsessions with certain people and mm. like, for me it was uh certain like characters on television like. Too. It was mostly I would mostly be interested in the guys. Edward, so. fucking Colin. <laughs> See, I was thinking like Chucky from Rugrats and, and oh, I thought you meant like Chucky
0: from like Child's Play. No, goddamn like, no! Whoa, you were a cool <laughs> human. You had a crush on fucking Chucky. <laughs>
1: I had a crush on the devil himself. Mm -hmm. 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 More bits that you can't see. (laughs) These are visual bits. Dig.
0: A representation of what happened. I was trying to do the rock sign, did the flip-off sign, and flipped <laughs> off heaven, which is also accurate, but I th- then I did the rock sign and the flip-off rock sign.
1: <laughs> I think it's also because we flip each other off all the time that, that's like, actually- that's the first thing our hands go to whenever we do a sign. Yeah, it's oh a default. At work, I, think, I
0: think, like, this sign has just become, like, it's for those who can't see us. It's just me, like, <laughs> angrily shaking my middle finger at the heavens yeah like it's just like it's my like (coughs) punctuation for so many conversations and it's so hard for me not to do it when i can't do it but i don't know i did it at work like at least six times of course to emphasize things yeah arrested development
1: Great show. Um, I honestly think it's underrated as a sitcom. Um, yeah, it's amazing,
0: <laughs> Mister X.
1: I've only seen like half of season one. Or it's no, so I, th- good. I think I saw season one. I was into season two. Then we moved here, hmm. and as soon as we moved here, I became very quickly disinterested by it. Huh. So see, like for me, like
0: by the end of like season three. Like, they had so many little bitty jokes, and you just have to, like, they have to do, like, the tiniest thing, and you'd be in shambles, and it was so fucking funny. Yeah. The new Netflix season was awful and really sad. And the only funny parts were like. Oh, God! Um, The only funny parts that I really like were, like, Seth Rogen and, like, Kristen Wiig doing, like, impressions of, like, the, like, parents as, like, younger people. That's all that I watched it for. I
1: know that there's an episode that has Dan Harmon in it, but I can never figure out what episode that is. And I want to watch it, but, um, yeah. Because uh, around that time, around the time that they were going to do the new Netflix series, Dan Harmon and the creator of uh, Arrested Development, Mitch Hurwitz, became good friends. And uh, in two seasons of Community... uh, Dan Harmon put Mitch Hurwitz as an actor for different episodes and made him kind of like a central weird point of the episodes and it, it's amazing like I, I love that so much anyway we were talking about the actual actual Arrested Development, development yeah. Um,
0: and this is where I bring in the wonderful and the wondrous and gay life of Caleb Gallo <laughs> like no it's actually like um, Brian Jordan Alvarez's uh, YouTube channel I he has this video where it's talking about, like, the gay age gap. And it's this, like, older guy talking about, like, fucking, like, voguing and, um, I don't know, Paris is Burning and, like, all this gay culture and, like, the younger ones like, what? What is that? What are you, what are you doing? And <laughs> it's like, um, and, uh, like, it ends in, like, the two of them fucking, and he's, like, the, like, younger guy uh, is just, like, so, like, what did your therapist say about me? <laughs> and, like, uh, and he's, like, oh, he says that you're, like, a like fixing of the boyfriend that I never had when I was 20 and I'm in Arrested Development and he's like Arrested Development came out when I was 8 and he's like just shut up and, Like, <laughs> which like saying <laughs> but, um, but it makes me really sad to think that like so many queer people are in this state of Arrested Development and like just learning these like relationship things that we should have learned when we were fucking 15 uh-huh. and like just like feeling like we have to like grow up so fast and just yeah. like like catch up to the cis straight people and <laughs> like yeah I yeah it, it's so frustrating and as much as I like I I lived a really charmed childhood and had really loving parents who were there for me all the time and it, it, that makes them wonder why I feel so like attacked or persecuted or whatever Uh um i do feel like a huge part of my childhood and my teenage years and like everything just like was not there and i wish that i could have been there and developed and become a human being and not have to deal with the stuff that i'm dealing with now but i could have dealt with it when i was like 15 and be like a more mature more like knowledgeable human being. I feel
1: like I would be a cooler person if uh, at 15 I had overcome the issues that I am overcoming right now uh, of self-expression. And and it it would just be so much easier to just go out into the street, dressed up however I want to dress up, and fucking not give a shit. But because it all waited so long, it's it's still, like, a, a very scary thought, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, no, like, pretty much since we moved to Champagne, I have not dressed femininely at all. Yeah. And I know that I did that, and I know that I did that because I, I don't know how to navigate this place. Yeah. And I'm so scared, and I am so self-conscious about, like, how I look and what I do, and, like, I, I wish that I could just not give a shit, but I do, and I, like, I, I, I feel so trapped in who I am right now, and I, I want to develop into a, like, a different human being, into a braver human being that I could have been, and, and I am becoming braver, and that's the thing, like, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm doing things that I wouldn't have done before, and saying things that I wouldn't have done before, but that's taken, like, a couple of years of just being like, fuck you, I'm really fucking queer, uh-huh. and I'm gonna do this openly. And I wish that I could have done that when I was younger. And I wish that I could have been braver. But, like, at the same time, I don't blame myself. Because I was so hostile. <laughs> like, the world was so hostile to who I am. And I knew that. And yeah. I
1: didn't know how to fix it. I think that, yes, you're stuck. But it'll be... Okay. <laughs> you're an rest uh, of the element. You'll well, well, always feel like you're behind it, like, your uh, But it's uh, going to be all right. I was thinking... I think romantically i'm okay like romantically i'm i'm at a good level i'm not okay um yeah i i think i'm okay because i i grew up liking and being interested in both men and women and uh there being more of an acceptance for dating women thus i dated women and uh I'm I'm at a good level there. Like it's it's. I I think that the relationship that I'm in is a really good relationship, and it's at a good like just emotional age uh, for the two of us. So that's not a problem that I feel uh, like. Controls me, but a lot of my issues kind of come from um, more of the self expression idea of uh, not having been able to express myself the way that I wanted to uh, much earlier and having to deal with those repercussions now because, like, I can remember a thousand times where I wanted to dress up more femininely, wanted to dress up uh, ha- like wear bras and stuff and the fear of my family catching me and thinking that I was like going crazy or something that that was always something that like was in my mind and especially this idea of uh I didn't have to be super macho but like I had to be somewhat masculine and a lot of that came from the way that My parents would be like, oh, you should buy these clothes and these clothes, not those clothes and so on and so forth. And like the way that I rebelled was by trying to just dress as pretty much as terrible as I could (laughs) of just like terrible T-shirts and fucking like bad pants that would get cuts in them and shit. And like that's that's the only way I could rebel. And I wish there was just more development that I could have done in that sense, because now, like, that is what I think of. That is how I somewhat still dress, of just these these symbols of the little revolution that I was allowed to have uh, in high school and as a teenager and that I still kind of push onto myself because it's what I'm comfortable (laughs) with, so. I think an interesting thing that I've noticed is
0: that, um, like, looking at... The only examples that I can think of right now are trans women, like, maybe, like, Gigi Gorgeous and, like, um, uh, oh, my God, from Project Runway. Um, I think her name was Ari, but uh, she was a trans woman, and, like, when she was on her, like, official season, I think it was, like, season eight... um, she was completely, like, dressed as a guy. Like, she hadn't come out as a trans woman yet. And she was the most, like, emo-punk-looking, like, human. Like, I just, like, oh, my God, her aesthetic was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was, like, her on her season. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the tamest outfit that I've seen her in. She just had, like, the coolest, like, really long mohawk and just, like, really emo, like, spiky, like, harsh, angry clothes. And, like, as she came out, um, like she's kind of like her look is still very sharp and very like Like edgy, but it's a lot softer and a lot less angry and I think that a lot of the reason why a lot of the queer community dresses very punk It is that sort of anger and that sort of stay away from me and that sort of Discomfort with who we are so we don't need people to be really really close to us at this point point. and then once we like Come out and discover who we are we can kind of soften who we are, and kind of like, that. And, and like to be honest, I'm kind of afraid of that. Yeah. Because I like the anger and the edge and the like.
1: Punkness of, like this transitional period. I, I don't think that has to be the way that that's I I. I don't think that has to be a singular narrative of you are punkish and then you stop being punkish and you, I don't know, have a family in the suburbs and that type of shit. Like, it's it's very much a decision. We imagine it to be that way because we see it a lot that way in media, I think, where I, it, it always reminds me of Movies and TV shows that, that show you the parents of the main character and how, like, back when they were that kids, they, they were... Long they, hair yeah, and a mullet. Yeah. yeah, they were, like, punks and, and then they kind of stopped being punks. I mean, if nothing else, like Breaking Bad is an example of, like, when he the, was younger he was a lot, like, cooler and more ambitious and more, like, like, he was
0: still a nerd,
1: but, like, he was, like, a hot nerd. The example I was thinking about was this movie that uh, Billy Joe Armstrong did uh, maybe last year, where he he is essentially himself right now, where it's, like, a father with kids and shit, but he doesn't have Green Day. He, he's, like, the failed version of himself uh, if uh, Green Day had never, like, actually worked out and shit. And... Um, it's this story of him being, like, wanting to relive, uh, his punk years and shit, and that's, I never want that, like, that isn't a thing that I want to settle into, because I think in some senses, any way we live is, within the patriarchy, and within the capitalist structure, any way that we choose to live can be a, a fight against that, can be a revolutionary act against that. Mm-hmm. And I know there's theory around this, and I can't remember the word for it, but it's, it's all about the act of choice. It doesn't have to be settling into uh, that culture.
0: I want to be punk forever. But at the same time if I like turn into this like really like I don't know, like I don't know. I I, I don't know what I want my future to look like. I was about to say that if I turn into this like really comfortable looking like human who lives in the suburbs and is really happy, I'll be happy. I don't think I will be though. Because I do have an intrinsic part of me that's very attached to adventure and that is like I know that I could settle into that but I shouldn't. So in a way maybe Arrested Development is a good thing, like it, it makes us like, think very purposefully about what we're doing and since we were adults when we became like quote unquote teenagers, we can be teenagers in a very very precise, very thought out way. Yeah. Cause I know that I'm like, I, I still went through an emo phase when I was a kid and it, it was just kind of like what my friends were doing and mm-hmm. I like I, I found a bit of individuality in that. But now it's like okay this is who I am. And I wish that I could have been a stronger person to say that when I was younger. And there are uh-huh. some people who are that way. And I fuck, I like I admire them to death. I wish that I could be that kind of yeah. really strong person. But now I'm able to develop my rebellion in a very precise way that I
1: would not have been able to do as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. There's also like parts of the development that we can somewhat skip. Yeah. Uh that because we were already teenagers, we went through certain things, like hormones and all that shit, like that. like that stuff we don't have to somewhat relive again. Um, the only issue that I have is this idea that there's a lot of realities of the world that we have to face much more harshly of uh, being unemployable uh, having a lot of it has to do with money of just like having to deal with that and also with your the side of uh, just like who you are what I was going to say is um, because we develop somewhat later And we realize that we're queer the way that our friendships form are somewhat different in the sense of when we were kids at least in my experience I hung around these weirdos uh, who I thought who like I thought were similar to me because we were the same type of smart like, we valued that in each other and everything. But then, if I had known that other people were queer and everything, those friendships would have developed longer, and I would have had longer-lasting uh, and yeah. deep relationships with other queer people, which now, since, like, we both came out to people during college essentially our friendships with other queer people are kind of from those years going on and now that we move to a different place and everything it's really hard to make friends like being an adult who has stuff to do and work and in my case school and everything it's hard to sit down and really make friends with new people and find new people to be friends with and we don't have the basis of queer relationships that could be almost over 10, 15 years old now. So,
0: yeah. I, I definitely have noticed that now that I have come out to people and that I, I am very clear about who I am, I can talk to friends that I had as a kid, and now we're actual friends who talk about mm-hmm. our actual feelings, and now it, it's it's broken that barrier of like we don't talk about this shit and like i I don't know because i I was also a preacher's kid so i like people did not talk to me about personal things yeah because they knew that i would judge them and that i would um i don't know just not be a helpful human Mm -hmm. in this and I, i like and i there was also that perception of, like, the fact that I was more Christian than I was or that I was less Christian than I was or that, like, it's it's weird. People don't open up. Like, being a preacher's kid is a very lonely type of life. Being a preacher, I imagine, is a very lonely type of life um, because you have that, like, automatic built-in, like, I'm always your preacher no matter yeah. how close of friends we get. And that's lonely, but that's self-imposed. But when you're the preacher's kid, you're, <laughs> like that's forced upon you and you cannot be disassociated from your parents
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it, it's very 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 difficult also that your parents become very overprotective and you're never allowed to go anywhere but like it's it's very difficult to develop friendships where you can actually talk about how you feel unless you completely divorce yourself from the family and run away, which is so why so many creatures kids like, run away and not just like I disagree with you and I want to move on you yeah. have to completely divorce yourself from that idea. And then maybe go back and renegotiate the, renegotiate the relationship. But, yeah, I... Like, there are so many friendships now that, like, since I came out, like, there was a little bit of a moment where I was just like, why didn't you tell me? Like, we were literally <laughs> so close friends. I was at your house all the time. We were by ourselves all the time. You could have told me. And maybe I should have. I, I, I wish that I could have been brave enough to come out to them when I was younger and when when i like was really hardcore going through this and maybe like could have had a friend like a friend would have been nice yeah who could like help me through this um but maybe we, we all had to grow up and we all had to experience things and like go to the university where we like had our mind opened and like i it's so nice to now finally have these friendships that i'm actually close with so it's kind of revolutionized my old friendships, the ones that I actually care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's allowed me to become actual friends with people now. Yeah. But I wish that I could have done that earlier. Yeah. Because it would have been really
1: fucking helpful because it was so lonely. Where, Because of that fear that was kind of inset within us, uh, we're robbed of years of, like, camaraderie that we could have had with, with other queer people. And like my one of my good friends from high school like we always knew that he was most likely gay like we somewhere when high school started and then like when he came out to us and everything that was like when we had already started college and everything but it's it's just years went by when we could have had those conversations and actually like been helpful to each other but we didn't because we were afraid to and like that is just really shitty like like, frustrating. like it's it's terrible and seeing having seen the kids that I worked with uh the summer at the camp these kids were forming relationships around being queer because they could tell each other and talk to each other about being queer and the, how like that could help them strengthen those relationships even more and it's yeah. just like fuck like I wish I had that I wish that was something that like had been available to yeah. me but so. at the same time like maybe like these queer kids now could have even stronger relationships than like maybe
0: like like cishet people yeah. because cishet people it, it's kind of a huge group there's a lot of variants and it's not really a thing that like it's kind of seen as the default so people don't think about it it's like yeah. oh let's bound together as the cishets whereas like being queer it's something that kind of bounds you together with the other people and maybe they can like form even better alliances and better yeah. friendships and better like
1: communities and i,
0: I like i, I it, don't it's know. it's
1: the mindsets of uh minorities and uh majorities in that sense of yeah. like minority groups have to stick together in a lot of ways and finding help within those groups tends to be more productive because those in the majority don't really understand the needs to the extent that those in the minority do it's a very weird way
0: to grow up in arrested development and it's kind of super anxiety inducing because i like like you were talking about the fact that you like feel like you're pretty advanced on relationships and i i feel like i'm definitely not like i've never had a relationship where we could just like fully be like okay we're just like we're a thing yeah like let's just do this and i feel like that's a pretty common thing in queer people yeah Uh, like either you find a relationship that you're like super super attached to or like we don't really have, like, a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, like, until, like, way later. And I wish that I could have that. And I don't know how much of that is just, like, on luck on my part mm-hmm. or <laughs> bad choices. But I 100% feel underdeveloped in a relationship scenario. I'm very terrified of the, like, first time that I actually go into a relationship was, like, okay, cool. We're in a relationship. It's okay that we become a little codependent. Like, let's... yeah like hang out all the time and like i i know that i'll be able to develop into that kind of human but i'm very afraid of the beginner mistakes that i'm gonna make because i've never had this sort of experience um in the beginning and like everybody else will be able to see like yeah you did that kind of wrong and i'm just gonna be
1: like well fuck you have to do that though like you have to stumble before you walk and like i i fortunately got to do that uh in like high school and stuff with relationships it fucked me up bad uh and even going into college like it was very um there were situations that weren't great um but it you gotta mess up a a fucking ton when it comes to relationships before you get it right so and it doesn't really matter at what age you do it like if you want to do it you will do it at some point but it, it does suck that it it can't be or like you, it wasn't able to happen earlier because of these uh stupid societal images and whatever yeah I also like thinking back just
0: realistically I don't think there's anybody that I would have wanted to date really in my school like I don't know. In college, like Bible college, I could think of a couple of people that, like, if they were bi 100%, like, yes, I would have dated them. But I don't think that they're actually bi. And I don't want to be the person who peaked in college. Yeah. And I already feel that way.
1: No, I think about that too. I, d- like, that is a big fear of mine right now. I don't want that to be the case. So, yeah. Because I already made fun of people who peaked in high school enough. <laughs> and I'm just
0: going to be the same, just a little older. Like, eh, hey, that's college years, and I can dress and drag in school and be fine. And now I'm stuck here. Having to be this like male thing that I don't like.
1: Male thing.
0: I'm tired. I'm tired of having to fight for anything to happen and having to like curb myself because I have to get a job and it's it's not like I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like professionalism yeah. kills everybody's spirit and like dumb and it's sad it's dumb and it is yeah more freedom for everybody let us all be human beings younger (laughs) and let us be human beings as adults
1: agreed I feel like this was very much also the case with our episode about the future yeah, like, and, and both of these topics kind of speak to each other. Except our focus this time was more about the past than it was about what the future was or can be, um, because we we just it's it's so hard to to get over those motions and relationships that you created when you were younger and then have to come to terms with parts of your identity and have to be okay with that and work through that. And that's where unfortunately a lot of uh, queer people's mental health kind of go tanks because it's really hard being queer and realizing you are while being told that you shouldn't be and that you should try harder not to be especially in those like years when you should be told you can be anything you want you, <laughs> should, should, you should be <laughs> told you that, got it, that it's Some yeah, that best. that it's fine to be who you want to be when you're developing and instead you're being told stop being that, be something else be something that I approve of more mm-hmm. and yeah, it's ugh I think the main thing, though, is that we need
0: to realize that normal isn't a thing. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, we we need to stop putting the pressure of ourselves of being at a certain level relationship-wise, like, expression-wise and stuff like that. Like, everybody goes through their own fucking thing. And, like, even, like, cishet people probably feel like they're in arrested development in some way or another. And feel like they've been, like, oppressed in some way or another. Or something like that. Sometimes it's delusional and they should just get over themselves. But, like, it's... It's a very human thing to feel that you're behind and they need to fucking catch up. It's just, like, relax. Uh-huh. Like,
1: it's not a big deal. One last thing that I wanted to mention was, and that I mentioned on Twitter was this. I feel like if there were older people in our conversation about uh, finally being teenagers, th- there would be this idea of... Oh, you're millennials, so you want to be teenagers forever. You want uh, childhood to last forever because of these things, and people are already complaining that childhood and our existence, and like our development, is too long. That back in the twenties. By the age of eighteen, you were of 12. yeah yeah you you were already an adult and everything and like yes understandable but we don't live in the twenties anymore that's not how life works anymore uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with this issue studied by uh, the scholar Joseph Campbell of how. Americans and kind of a lot of modern cultures don't have a, a coming-of-age ceremony. So it, one that I can remember very clearly, I don't remember who talked about it. It might have been Campbell. Uh, but in Australian Aborigine-like uh, groups at the age of 11, 12, 13 when someone's becoming a teenager, uh, the men in the tribe would dress up as their own gods and take their, um, like, boys at, in the middle of the night and, like, at different points in the year so, so as to, like, so as to kind of keep the boys on, on their feet about it. Uh, so as to not have them be like, oh, it's about time for the gods to come by, but anyway. The idea is, you're you're a 12, 13-year-old kid. You're sleeping in your bed, and one night, all hell breaks loose in, in your tribe, and the gods themselves, the gods who you've been told to fear, and been told stories about appear at like in your tribe and steal you and like take you very far away from where you're from and you're you have to stay there for about a week and it culminates in in the point where you fight one of the gods like you have to have a physical altercation with one of these gods and that is that is getting over any of your issues like and oh susie won't look at me oh pablo doesn't like me whatever fuck that you have to fight a god like you have to fight something that you think is a supreme being and you have to win and once you win, you are part of, like, the formal society and everything. But we don't really have that in a lot of modern cultures. We have, like, kind of symbols of it in Catholicism, confirmation, in uh, Judaism, uh, bar and bat mitzvahs and everything. But, but it's—the way I think about it, it's never as big as fighting your, your whole belief system— in a week and then literally fighting a god yes these these people understand that like the gods are being represented by uh human beings but you're you're still fighting a symbol and we we don't have that and i think the biggest example I can think of it is especially in American society is when you turn 21 you go out to the bars that night and you get fucking wasted and then you are um, a member of the alcohol drinking society and that's it but it's it it doesn't feel like that's enough for me like I I don't think that I think a lot of these issues that we were discussing about people feeling that they that they're not ready and that they're not doing things to a good extent, kinda comes from that of not having to face something very enormous that is a rite of passage. So I don't
0: know how to fix that. Now we have to become. Right passage makers, and that'll be a profession. <laughs> and we will turn your child into an adult no matter who they are.
1: <laughs> That's really Queer interesting. Queer children, right? come
0: here. Fight your gods! <laughs> I am your god, heterosexuality! <laughs> <Side> <laughs> my throat! <laughs> I'm definitely looking for that moment where I feel disenchanted. That might not be a moment. and I mean, I, I I don't know. I need to make it. I need to do something that's a little bit more
1: drastic in my life. It's okay to be fucked up, and we'll all get through this someday together. <laughs> be a little for daring. <laughs> both.
0: We're both wise. We both give good advice. <laughs> Have fun. This has been the podcast. podcast. Boop, boop 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 <laughs> boop.